are back. This is Joe Holka show presented by FanDuel. Two segments for you guys today. The first one, three trending wide receivers with Matt Harmon. Going to roll that right into our DFS stacks plus best bets with Rich Rebar. Two awesome conversations. If you enjoy it, do me a huge favor. Leave me a rating and review on this podcast or consider following on Spotify. Really trying to build up this audio feed this year. And of course, make sure you join the listener league before it fills FanDuel.com slash Holka. It is the best contest on FanDuel and all of DFS, to be honest. And not only do you get a deposit bonus but it supports the channel i'll see you guys in there it's the joe holka show presented by FanDuel. for trending wide receivers for nfl week five players that everyone has been talking about but somehow we will be able to find an edge at one of the most important positions in fantasy football of course you guys know him from yahoo sports you guys know him from reception perception his new youtube channel harman how we doing man i'm doing good joe you know week uh week four was interesting obviously um Really was hoping that Tom Brady would come through with the bigger game on Sunday Night Football. I believe I saw you posting about that, too, that it was kind of a, a bit of a bummer. I think it was a bummer for all of us. Uh, so, yeah, definitely after that. I mean, look, great game. Uh, obviously, the story and narrative of the whole thing really drove the week. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a bigger and better week five. That's for sure. There's some interesting matchups this week on the slate. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. I was at the Patriots game. Uh, not the most fun game to be at uh, when you have all the Tom Brady in the single game. Uh, it was an amazing, uh, I guess, afternoon. Probably one of my best uh, main slates of the entire year. And just uh, like like I always do, I just punt it back and, and at the end of the day. And just it's just not a fun time, man. Tom, I figure Tom Brady throws one touchdown pass. Uh, it's an amazing day. So, uh, of course, you just can't get there for me, man. But, man, Antonio Brown had one in his hands. My, it was happened right in front of me. That was, that was crazy, wasn't it? I know. But uh, all right, yeah. let's 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 move I, I know, on. Man. Man. It, I I, I a, can't. It was a bummer. <laughs> can't. All right. Uh, so the first wide receiver that we're going to talk about today is another guy that I haven't been able to quite put my finger on because the pricing has been a little bit weird with Visca, but 5,800 for LaVisca Chenault against Tennessee in this spot. It sounds like he's the guy that you're on this week. Yeah, I think the biggest question with LaVisca Chenault is, are they going to change his role at all with the absence of DJ Chark, right? Because we know that Chark is now out for the long term here uh, in 2021. And I think that is a big deal. Look, Marvin Jones was always going to be the guy that was going to be the most consistent full field receiver on this team. And I mean, at this point into the season, had Chark not gotten hurt, like I think LaVisca Chenault needed... It's it sucks, right? We never root for injuries, but I think if you were in on Lavisca Chenault for any in any format this year, dynasty redraft, you want to play him in daily fantasy. You needed an injury like this to take place because he was not really playing in two wide receiver sets. I, I it's kind of strains belief that he wouldn't play in two wide receiver sets and instead that they would use Tavon Austin. But a lot of things in Jacksonville right now with the Urban Meyer coaching staff <laughs> is is straining our belief in a lot in a lot of different ways. So. I think that LaVisca Chenault, when you look at him, obviously, again, he was he was getting those short dot targets the first few weeks. Then in week four, he jumps up to 13.6 air yards per target. I think he can function at that. I think this comes back to a talent evaluation with LaVisca Chenault. Like, obviously, we have to take into our, our buddy Sigmund Bloom, his his idea of right, with the assumption of rational coaching, right? We have to wonder, is, is Urban Meyer going to be a rational actor? Are they going to do the right thing here? We don't know that part, but I think... The second part of it is is a talent evaluation question with LaVisca Chenault. Can he be more than just a short dot gadget receiver? I think he can. You know, we saw against the Bengals that he won some of those downfield passes. Actually, we're I know we're going to talk DJ Moore a little bit later in the program. And I think that he actually, from a development standpoint, I think that um, LaVisca Chenault actually makes sense. It, it, like to compare to DJ Moore, DJ Moore, 
again, we, we can hit on this more when we talk about him, but he came into the league as a very raw route runner, a guy that was mostly just going to be used in the short intermediate areas, was going to be used uh, as an after-the-catch specialist and in contested situations, but more, uh, spoiler alert, has developed into a full-field player, you know, a guy that wins at every level and is a dominant number one wide receiver. I don't know that LaVisca Chenault can do that, but I think he can go along a similar developmental path. So I don't have a problem taking the risk this week that the Urban Meyer coaching staff don't like to trust it, but they will do the right thing with LaVisca Chenault because I think they need him to step up to be that type of player that wins more in traditional wide receiver ways. And I think he can be a big, like he can be a big slot that doesn't just get the little bunny hop passes and credit for the catch. I think he can win when you look back at his reception perception on more vertical patterns on digs uh, against zone coverage in the middle of the field. And obviously the matchup is right against Tennessee. Their defense stinks. We know that. I mean, the damn jets got over on him last week. Like I think we've got the green light to use anybody here against the Titans. And I think Chenault can thrive in this new role if they ask him to do it. Man, Overzet, if he sees this, he's going to love you for what you just said about LaVisca Chenault. That's his guy, so that, that's good to know. I, yeah, my first question was going to be if he can kind of have a different type of role now that Shark is out, so it sounds like he can. That, yeah. That's great news for him, and that, that was always kind of the problem with Chenault is that the targets he was getting were just these low dot targets. Like, yeah, he's, he's very talented after the catch, but it, it's hard from, uh, especially on FanDuel, where you really need some of those big spike plays to get you there. But, man, yeah. the price tag at 5800 with Shark out in a great matchup, like yeah i'm surprised that we didn't get to him in the first look earlier this week man that, that's a that's a great call so i, I love that one uh, l- let's move on to your next guy he's someone that i know we've talked about a couple times but another guy that, like in this i end up finding like, i guess i fall in love with this mid-range every single week on FanDuel, anywhere from 5500 to like 6500 there's so many good plays that feel underpriced and jacoby myers is one of them um got to see him in person this past week and, and you can tell that they're looking for him on almost every single play it's almost that first read 5900 at Houston, just play everyone against Houston. Uh, but tell us why you like Jacoby this week. God, I mean, number one, I, I feel like I go on every show at this point, you know, whether it's yours, whether it's the, you know, Fantasy Football Live at Yahoo, our podcast, and say, like, this has got to be the week that Jacoby Myers scores a receiving touchdown. Like, he's got an absurd, like, it's the longest drought in NFL history for a player to ha- never score a career cut- touchdown, but get this many receptions. I think Mike Clay tweeted out that like 52 catches was the longest that anybody had gone and not scored an NFL touchdown prior to Jacoby Myers. This guy's got like a hundred plus career receptions at this point and has not scored a touchdown at some point that has to correct itself. It just naturally, like just by opportunity also, Yeah, like you mentioned, he is the first read, and that plays out in the volume category. He's third in the NFL in routes run overall. Like He's been out there on basically every single snap for the Patriots. He's top 10 in targets and catches so far this year. Like The opportunity has absolutely been there. He's another guy that's mostly, we know the Patriots are not really pushing the ball downfield. You saw it watching them on on Sunday night last week. Like It's just that kind of dink and dunk approach with Mac Jones right now. We'll see if that opens up at some point, but I really think that Jacoby Myers is an excellent player too. He was somebody that I drafted. And even if he hasn't scored a touchdown, like he's basically already paid back his redraft price. Like I drafted him in almost every league. Um, I think he has more upside than just being like a dink and dunk receiver. But I mean, man, he can beat man coverage in reception perception, 72% success rate versus man. Like he can, he can get open. He can separate. He can separate mostly in the short to intermediate areas. He's never going to be a big time vertical threat, but this matchup against the Texans, I definitely think that there's a chance that the Patriots could 
sit on the ball and Damian Harris can have a big game. I mean, I don't think they're going to need to do too much. I guess Bill Belichick against Davis Mills. We just saw Davis Mills get shut out by the Bills last week. It's a, it's just a nightmare there with Davis Mills at some point. So I think that this does look like a good matchup, though, for Jacoby Myers. And I think the James White injury is he's the sneaky winner from that. Like we all want to talk about which running back is going to take over the James white role. None of these running backs are going to take over the James white role. Nobody on this roster, whether it's Damian Harris or Madre Stevens, like I guess it's Brandon Bolden, but Brandon Bolden's like the boring of the most boring players of all time. Right. So I think just some of those more short eight outlooks, the quick passes will go uh, to, to Jacoby Myers in favor of James white being out now. So I just think, again, he's got double-digit double digit target upside every single week, and at some point, he's got to score. Why not against the Texans? <laughs> this is the week, finally. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to say, yeah, it's over 12 targets in back-to-back weeks. Uh, these are the type of players you're looking for, right? These touchdown regression candidates or progression candidates, I suppose, like because he's been getting the looks in the red zone as well, back-to-back mm -hmm. uh, -back weeks with a, with a red zone target. And just way too cheap. It's like the same as uh, why we were drafting him in season long, basically, just because like no one wants the number one wide receiver for the Patriots. Like he's, someone's got to get the targets right, and he's been getting them. Uh, so I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, before we continue, though, I want everyone to pause this video, and we were just talking about this range, but I want to know your guys' favorite wide receiver play over 5,500, but under 6K on FanDuel going into week five. Uh, this next guy is a little bit more expensive, but he still seems like someone that's flying under the radar. I'm not, I'm not quite sure why, kind of in that like elite tier. But Keenan Allen, he's 7,200 against Cleveland. He's one of these guys that I know um, is one of the best route runners in the entire league. Mm -hmm. But um, again, kind of a dink and dunk type of guy up the field. Is he necessarily a guy for FanDuel? I'm not sure, but against Cleveland, where they're going to bring some pressure, it does seem like a reasonable spot to get back on Keenan, right? Yeah, that's that's the key, right? They're going to bring pressure in Cleveland. Miles Garrett's playing great, even though Justin Herbert has been one of the least pressured quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, rarely do we ever see a team go out and target an overall unit and just fix it in one offseason. The Chargers have kind of done that with their offensive line. Like, Herbert was great under pressure last year, but the Chargers clearly said, like, we don't have to make Herbert live like that. Rashawn Slater has been great so far in his rookie year. Like, all their moves have mostly worked out here for the chargers and you know obviously mike williams puts up the dud on monday night that was another killer like i mean justin herbert if he had just hit him on that long pass we all would have cashed the over on uh on his receiving yards props in one play Harmon, really listen, for there, one but... second let's listen to my single game like my main either captains or mvps oh, no. i had tom brady obviously in the revenge game i had a bunch of dj chark at low ownership who gets hurt and then uh i had a bunch of mike williams so like literally yeah. last week in like the main slate like couldn't have been better like i said one of the best slates of the entire year i literally gave it all back on the island games man it's just it, i'm still oh, tilting it. it's thursday the next next week and i'm still tilting this but go ahead well we got a good shot to get you right again against the yeah. against the, the with the seahawks and the rams that should be a fun well, cooper one cup another guy that i hate right now so there you go <laughs> oh geez yes <laughs> i mean we got to get right back with cooper cup daryl yeah. henderson though by the way getting a lot of usage i think that might be a, a sneaky pick there for the for the spot um overall though like yeah i mean Look, I just think Keenan Allen right now is in a good value range. I don't think too many people will be on Keenan Allen just because the, he hasn't had that big explosive game yet. But really good matchup against the with the Browns. I mean, their defense is, is, is has definitely improved. It's taken that next step, I think. But 
We're talking about Justin Herbert probably trying to get the ball out quick into Keenan Allen's hands. I don't necessarily know that they're going to have a chance for those long developing routes. I really like he just stood out to me as a guy that I think is going to exceed his volume projections and in a pretty decent spot that makes sense from like a football angle, right? Like they're going to get the ball out quick. That should be a big Keenan Allen game. And the targets have been there for Allen. He's still right up there in terms of one of the target leaders in the NFL. So um, I just think in right now, like so much of the attention has been on Mike Williams. Austin Eckler has the big game on Monday night. I think this is a pretty good week to go back to Allen from a game theory perspective. Okay, so I think a lot of uh, people are going to be deciding between Keenan Allen at 7,200 or getting up a little bit to DJ Moore at 7,900 against Philly. We talked about it. We kind of buried the lead on that. But, man, he looks like he is ready to be, like, the next superstar in this league. Would you agree with that? 100%, Joe. I mean, coming into this year, one of the things that I was banging the drum on at ReceptionPerception.com in our Reception Perception Master Plan on the show and the Discord was that DJ Moore – Sneakily, one of the biggest developments from last year's charting process was that DJ Moore had taken a step from solid NFL receiver to potential superstar. You know, we're we're talking about a guy that, as I mentioned early on, sort of like on that LaVisca Chenault plan his first year where he was just mostly getting some manufactured touches, was one of the best yak receivers in the entire NFL as a rookie, but was extremely raw as a route runner. You know, we're talking about a guy that was sub 10th percentile sub 15th percentile in success rate versus man press coverage like he was not ready to be that route runner yet second year comes out has a good season on in breaking routes um digs slants really good contested catch receiver his third year that was the year where he took that leap to being a full field route runner and especially as a vertical threat you know the panthers used him as their vertical receiver despite Robbie Anderson being there and now we're seeing Sam Darnold recognize that right away and immediately making him the guy I mean they can talk about wanting to get Robbie Anderson more involved um you know maybe Christian McCaffrey's back this week we don't quite know yet but I mean from just a target standpoint it's all there with DJ Moore and most importantly from a talent standpoint it's all there with DJ Moore and I think this Eagles defense is bad bad right now I mean whether you want to run all over them whether you want to pass all over them the Chiefs obviously did both last week especially from a passing perspective man I I think the Panthers can really come in here and, and this could be a fun game from a fantasy angle I mean Jalen Hurts is putting up numbers no matter what like whether whatever you think about how he's actually playing from a real life football perspective he's putting up numbers I think that that'll bring the Panthers out of their shell and I mean DJ Moore at this point like I think at, I think by the end of the year he will probably start to get priced into that like highest, highest range of the receivers. And I want to continue to play him until he gets to that point. Cause I think he has making that, I mean, he's made that leap as a true number one star receiver. Yeah. Myself included. I need to wrap my head around, like even from last year, it was easy to, it was an easy narrative to be like, Oh, okay. Robbie Anderson, he's going to get the deep targets. DJ Moore is going to get everything underneath these layup targets. And that's literally how it, ha- it hasn't been like that since last year, like you said. And now this year, Darnold identifies that immediately and people still want to fire at Robbie Anderson, but you see the targets he's getting. They're literally just like throwing it to him on the sidelines for like a few yards, yeah. like after the catch, it's really nothing like the usage that we see from DJ Moore. So he's completely separated. And I do think that this price tag, is warranted it feels bad in some ways after I haven't had enough of them so far this year to pay up for DJ Moore but like you said against Philly uh, the spot couldn't get much better Uh, anything else Harm? before we get out of here no man I mean I think week five is going to be a good one I think we've got a lot of great games on the schedule Uh, we've got like technically four single game slates where you know we have the Falcons that's going to be a I don't even know what to do with that now about after the Calvin Ridley news and Russell Gage is a plan like 
Got to revisit the Falcons' depth chart to even see their options. Yeah, they they should have signed John Brown. They should have signed John Brown when they had him in for a visit. Uh, but yeah, anyways, it'll be a fun week five. So good luck to you, Joe, and good luck to everybody else out there. Good luck, man. Uh, everyone follow Matt on Twitter. He's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. If you haven't already, subscribe to his YouTube channel in the description. All that good stuff. Harmon, I'll see you next week, my man. Appreciate it, buddy. Before we get back at it, I want to thank the presenting sponsor, FanDuel, for all the support this year. New FanDuel players, listen up. Your day's about to get 20% better with a bonus on your first deposit, up to $500 for free. All you have to do is claim it by visiting FanDuel.com slash Holka first. That link does support the channel, so thank you. And even if you're not a first-time player, it would mean the world if you give FanDuel another go this week and started that process through my link. That's FanDuel.com slash Holka to claim your bonus and start playing today. It'll bring you right to our $5 three-entry max listener league contest, the one that I will be reviewing live live on stream every Monday. Quite honestly, the best contest in DFS and it's completely break free. There's a whole lot of NFL action left this season. So make sure you join our community on FanDuel. Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap and see how your team stack up against the competition. They've got a ton of different game formats between main slate and single game contests. You can even set up private contests with your friends. Experience season long wins without season long waits by joining the $5 listener league or making your first deposit today through FanDuel.com slash Holka, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the Joe Holka show, age and local restrictions apply. Bonus is used as a non-refundable site credit that expires after 30 days. I want to take a second to thank our exclusive memorabilia partner, Pristine Auction, a website that auctions off a ton of insanely cool sports memorabilia each and every day with items starting at just $1. There are thousands of auctions ending daily, so some of the crazy deals that you'll see are pretty common, whether it's a daily auction, weekly auction, doesn't matter. The marketplace is open 24 hours with no reserves. Also, all of these autographed items are guaranteed authentic, so you never have to worry about that. I do have a registration code, so make sure you enter code HOLKA when you first sign up. It's good for $10 off your first purchase, but more importantly, you're only eligible for the weekly giveaways from the Mystery Unboxings if you are fully registered at Pristine Auction. So hopefully it's with code Holka because that also supports the channel. So thank you. Let's get back to the show. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Week 5 Games of the Week, DFS Stacks, and Best Bets. Pack show as always today with Reeves, but you're going to want to stick around until the end because we're going to build a FanDuel team live. Pumped to have this man back with us on the Joe Holka Show. Rich Rebar, you guys know him from Sharp Football Analysis, the worksheet on Twitter, at Lord Reeves. How we doing, buddy? Yo, what has happened, brother? I look forward to this every week. You know, uh, you know. hopefully we have some better luck this week. I, I sabotaged my own lineup uh, after the the week uh George oh yeah Carroll i haven't looked be... at the swap yet how, how did that how did that land for you i don't and no no guest cash last week so it, we it wasn't the worst to, thing we do not need to look at it okay we won't look I, that way it's the forward thinking show anyway i'm with you <laughs> yeah i well i had terry mclaren in that original lineup and then he was the guy I swapped around to get more finagling to because i was worried about kittle not playing and you were going to be in your uh, foxborough how was foxborough mm-hmm. It was fun, man. It was, it was nice to get out there. Uh, weird Sunday, I guess. Uh, the routine was definitely off, but got to hang out during the day, watch some football, and then uh, go to the the night game. Probably the best. Uh, I've talked about it a couple of times now, but one of the best main slates I've had the entire year. Just absolutely smashed with oh, awesome. a Tyreek Hill sna- uh, a stack, but gave a bunch of it back uh, since Tom Brady decided to just not throw a, a touchdown pass the whole game. So that was rough. I hope but. you kept some of it. Uh, kept a, a, a little bit of it, but it's still, it always stings, man, when you have a really good day and then you just piss it all away at the night game, man. That's how, that's the way she goes. But, uh, yeah, man, how was your week overall besides the, the listener league? No, man, it was a, it was an outright disaster. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I had, I had Tyree kill too. And you, I always play chief stacks like everybody, yeah. but I just never have the right, just didn't have the right run backs. Uh, I was in on Terry McLaurin too. Just, I was just a piece or two away, uh, you know, kind of everywhere. 
All right. Well, like I said, it, it is a forward-thinking show, so let's uh, let's get right into game number one. We have Tennessee at Jacksonville. The Titans are four and a half point road favorites per FanDuel Sportsbook. The total is at forty-eight and a half. Not a ton of sharp action on this one, but the public is pretty heavy on Tennessee. So, what are your thoughts on this one, Reeves? Yeah, this is a fun main slate. I'm sure you've talked about it a lot. You know, with not you know not having the Chiefs, not having the Bills, not having the Ravens. It's weird, uh, right? There's like not like that massive total, or like even like team total that like really stands out, right? It's weird. Yeah, I mean these. I mean, you know, granted that you know it is a new season and things are different. I mean, these two teams played in two pretty high scoring games last year, so it gives us kind of an interesting kind of dynamic here uh, for this game to potentially be like a sneaky go over game. It also has a lot of, I think, you know, game theory elements of it as well. You know, because obviously we have the big dog, the war horse is out of the gates uh, already. He's got 127 touches already in four games. Uh, that's the fourth most. It's not even November yet. I was told I'm supposed to wait until November to play Derrick Henry. What's the deal? No snow tires required for the big dog yet. Uh, yep. He is he is out here just gobbling up every touch he can. He's the first player since 2014 to have 30 or more touches in three straight games. He is just getting fed. Uh, and he is going to face a Jaguars team as a home favorite. So this price is warranted that he has at the top of top billing. Uh, but also... I think the other pieces are kind of fun around him. I'm not going to listen. We can talk about Derrick Henry. Why he's a great play. He's a great play. Okay. Derrick Henry's a great play, but we also have a situation where he's clear cut the best running back. We might get Christian McCaffrey on the board uh, to kind of combat him. Cause we, no one's going to want to play Dalvin cook. Cause we don't know what's going on. At Dalvin cook. He's basically come out and said he's not healthy. Uh, so maybe you get a little terminal leverage there and you hope he hits, but I mean, he's going to be a risky play. So it's going to be a popular Derrick Henry week. And whenever it's a really popular Derrick Henry, week, we get some interesting stacks around him. Uh, we haven't, had the Tannehill spike week yet uh he's had two kind of decent games the last two weeks nothing like amazing and considering what he had to work with last week I mean it, it was a, a pretty positive fantasy game uh, he's facing a Jaguars team that is allowing 18.3 passing points per game that's 26 in the NFL they're 27th in passing points allowed per attempt and it looks like he's going to get Arthur Juan back this week who has already practiced Wednesday uh and today this is Thursday so it looks like he's going to be back after missing last week and basically all of week three so that helps against this Jaguar secondary that's just been getting roasted the entire season so you have an, an interesting counter stack if you want to get on the Tennessee side and maybe try to run into one of these games where it actually hits and I think the other side the run back is interesting as well I mean I think Trevor Lawrence is a very interesting play at 6,500 this week uh he's been running the last two weeks uh, we saw him, he's, he's coming off the best game that he had uh, in his early, you know, very early career. He had 17.8 fantasy points last week, and that was without a passing touchdown. Uh, and we always like to play guys against the, the Titans. They even let the Jets guys get there last week. Uh, the Jets didn't even score a touchdown the previous two games. And, you know, we yeah. got, they got they got there for three. So, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, now we got a Jags team that's at least provided some some fleeting moments for us. Uh, so I think 6,500 for Trevor Lawrence is pre pretty interesting. He's a natural kind of run back. You can pair him with the big dog and you've got all the money. If you want to play James Robinson, uh, he's been he's been kind of elevated now through the process of all the injuries that have happened to the running backs in the NFL. Right. Uh, and then the injuries on his own team, you know, uh, so I mean, he's he's already a guy that he's gotten over 20 fantasy points the past two weeks. He's an interesting play in this one. Um, and then you've got the DJ Shark injury potentially elevating LaVisca Chenault at 5,800. So cheap. Uh, 
He is yeah, so, so cheap, man. Fifty eight hundred for Visca without Chark is, I think, the one the standout play in this game at like price point. I think for sure. Yeah, thirty seven percent team target share last week it was by far a season high. He also had a season high thirteen point four average depth of target. It's kind of hard to say how sticky that will be. The one long pass he caught was kind of on a busted play. Uh, but the coordinators and staff has already come out and said he is going to have an extended role, and he already is a guy that had seven targets in other games this season too. So he's already involved. He's getting a little bit of growth. And then uh, we've talked about the, the the Tennessee Titans defense. I mean, they are uh, giving up just a, they're the worst NFL defense against deep balls, uh, against throws over 20 yards downfield. So we're going to get a chance for Mar- uh, Marv after his low target share week. He had just a 15.8% team target share last week. That was by far a season low. He had scored a touchdown, uh, you know what, the first three games. Uh, so we've got a shot to kind of get him as a bounce back too. So I do think there's some interesting plays in this game. And, and you know, if even if you want to punt, I don't know if the uh, if you're as brave to do it, but it was encouraging that they just basically acquired Dan Arnold like days before last Thursday, and he ran 12 routes on 18 snaps uh, as a punt uh, for you know being being able to pair a guy with you know Lawrence as well. So I do think there's a lot of interesting plays all around this game outside of the natural gravitation towards uh, the big dog. Yeah, I, I like the the Jacksonville side specifically with the big dog lineups because I feel like we've talked about this at nauseum. But for anyone that's new to the show, like when Derrick Henry has those big games, a lot of times it is those close games where it goes back and forth, and he scores on these huge runs, which completely flips the game to the other side, and it just like the, it paces basically the entire game up from that point. So uh, we've seen some of these Tennessee games shoot out, and Jacksonville, a lot of these guys are just underpriced. Uh, l- let's expand quickly on James Robinson though because he's seventy four hundred. I think like I don't want to get like in the trap of he's back from the volume perspective, but not last week, but the week before he had six targets and he had 18 carries and 15 carries. I mean, so it seems like the volume is at least going in the right direction for Robinson. But now his price is to a point where it makes me a little bit squeamish at 7400. But what do you think about him? Yeah, I think he's uh he's kind of a guy that you know you gotta it could go two ways. There's definitely a floor here because you know Carlos Hyde didn't play last week and he played a season high 95% of the snaps. He had 91% of the backfield touches, which was 2020 James Robinson. Now if Hyde comes back, uh, and you know. It, it, it throws just a little bit of concern in there. Just the snaps come down. He does have an edge in the passing route. So it's a trail situation. You know, we saw that against Arizona where he gets those targets. Uh, I mean, there is a little floor here, though. I don't think I'm I'm with you. I'm not ready to say like he's locked in as like a top top play. Then uh, there's some fragility here as a road dog. Uh, but also there's still a chance now that it could just be a turning point to where he ends up being like an over 8k running or an 8k running back the rest of the way too uh if he strings another one of these together that's true um i'll say this from a stacking perspective i I like the marvin jones call a lot but uh, we talked about it with matt Harmon on the wide receiver video so you haven't checked that out definitely do that next um but lavisca chanel could be one of those guys that we see get a different type of role now as well maybe we do see him down the field a little bit more than we have so far this year so i I like visca quite a bit with Lawrence um, and I think that Dan Arnold is kind of an interesting guy to add to that stack we always kind of talk about like adding the the tight end to your stacks whenever possible just to make sure that you get that out of the way so uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next game Reeves it is Green Bay at Cincinnati three point road favorites 51 point over under per FanDuel Sportsbook looks like an under is getting a little bit of sharp love here 34 percent of the bets 74 percent of the money what are your thoughts on this one Reeves yeah, I can see how that is. I mean, both these teams do play slow, but we did see the Bengals on Thursday kind of change their stripes a little bit. 
Uh, they were 31st in the NFL in passing rate uh, below expectation through three weeks. They were top five in week four. Now they lose Joe Mixon. We're assuming Joe Mixon is going to be out. It is only Thursday, so make sure you check. But it, it, he has the same injury that Dalvin Cook had, so I'm assuming he's going to at least miss this week. Uh, and, you know, the staff has already come out and say that there's going to be probably – Bill Callahan came out and said there's basically going to be a committee between Samaj P. Ryan and Chris Evans. But removing Joe Mixon from the offense – and being underdogs probably gives them a little more incentive to kind of throw the football a little bit more. And they also get T. Higgins back. And also, the Packers secondary is completely banged up. I mean, Jay Alexander, if he plays in this game, is going to play with a harness. Uh, doesn't sound, you know, that doesn't sound good. I mean, you can still run around cover guys, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> being an NFL player playing with a harness on your shoulder is not is not really optimal. Uh, so, I mean, I think that it does set up well for the the Bengals here to have a little more passing volume and Joe Burrow has been excellent, especially, you know, from a clean pocket, he's been awesome. And the Packers do not really rush the passer and he's had one hiccup. The bears game throws like one little bit, like a fly in the ointment, but he's thrown for 9.6 yards for pass attempt in his other three games or more. Uh, and the Packers are 22nd in passing points allowed per game right now. And they face Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Jimmy Garoppolo and Ben Roethlisberger. They haven't played, they have faced nobody and they're still a bottom passing unit. So, I mean, I like the upside here for Burrow. He's probably not going to be a guy that's, I don't think, super popular because he's he's not running. And I think that that was probably be expected coming off the ACL injury. He just has 13 total rushing yards. I uh, do you think the passing volume will be here? I do think that the Packers secondary being banged up and then the full assortment of passing weapons paired with losing Joe Mixon does lean to a lot of, you know, passing volume potentially for the Bengals against a bad defense, which is always intriguing. And we always know the Packers can score points too, uh, although they do it slowly. Uh, they can do it efficiently though it hasn't really happened uh so far to start this season but it looks like eldon jenkins he's practicing today so he's gonna be back a big problem for rogers to start the year aaron Rodgers, is that he's been really bad under pressure this offensive line's been banged up david bakhtiari is on the pup they lose Corey lindsley to the chargers in free agency jenkins has missed the last two games uh he's thrown for just 5.3 yards per attempt under pressure but he's thrown for eight yards per attempt when kept clean uh the Bengals are 24th in pressure rate they are also another team that really haven't faced like a slate of really good quarterbacks they allowed 350 passing yards to Kirk Cousins in week one then they come back and face Andy Dalton in that Justin Fields game where both guys have to play they face Ben Roethlisberger the next week when Steven Ruiz is making like a old-timey video of Ben Roethlisberger looking like he's never played the position before uh and then last week they come out and Trevor Lawrence really kind of gaslit them eight and a half yards for pass attempt they will have Jesse Bates here but they've been kind of a pretty uneven defense they're not really rushing the passer so it does set up for I think Rodgers to have one of his better outlooks to start the season because that mismatch offensive line just faced the Steelers defensive front and just faced the 49ers defensive front, which are good defensive fronts. So I think he's going to be a lot cleaner this game. We'll have to see, keep earmarked on Aaron Jones. He's dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury because of that offensive line play. I mean, you look at him right now, he's not been efficient running the football. He's had uh, just one game where he's run for over four yards per carry. Uh, by far, has been his least inefficient season on the ground. It's only four games in to start the season, but just something to keep in mind with the state of this offensive line. The Bengals have been kind of vulnerable to run running backs. We just talked about James Robinson. He had two tuds on them last week. They've also had 13 receiving points per game to running back. That's 23rd in the NFL. And Aaron Jones, uh, albeit while he's struggled on the ground a little bit, he is 12th among all running backs in route participation. So he's been used in the passing game to kind of get over that way. Uh, and then, you know, we know what to do with Devontae Adams. Uh, last three games, 
53% target share, 58% target share, 31% target share. Uh, he's yet to really kind of get off. Just one touchdown. You know, uh, touchdown regression comes for everybody. They started with just one, but we know that he's still a guy that's capable of getting a lot of targets and finding the end zone multiple times. And when you look at the receiver position on the slate, it's him, Justin Jefferson, and 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 a divide. Right. It's, we, we don't have Tyreek. We don't have Diggs. We don't have DK Metcalf. We don't have Cooper Cup. They're not here. So I think a lot of people with the way that salaries are spread out this week are going to be able to get uh, up to Devontae Adams. Yeah, I've got my uh, Tim the Tapman hoodie on right now. A FanDuel uh, guy. Obviously, another FanDuel guy is Pat McAfee. He talks to Rodgers every single week on his show. So it's always nice. I, I enjoy listening to it just because uh, you kind of get a little bit of a peek beneath the hood. Uh, but one of the things that he talked about last week is that they basically just sold out to take Devontae Adams out of the game, even though he ended up getting a decent amount of targets, 11 targets. I, I still love these spots to go back to Adams the week after he kind of flops for everyone because you know Rodgers is going to get him his and especially if the the game plan specifically last week was just to take him away I, I think it's a good spot to go back to to Adams he's expensive he's 8200 but like you said there's not really a lot of guys that we're paying up for anyways in this uh in this slate so uh Reeves I forgot to do it in the last game so I'm going to do this one your best bet in this game and then if you are stacking it up what do you prefer which side uh, yeah, I mean, I, in the first game, too, I like that game to sneakily go over. Um, I don't know if I believe this one will go over or not. I think the Bengals are live, uh, you know, at, at, as a home dog. Um, and then we didn't even talk about the Bengals receivers. But, I mean, yeah, obviously, uh, it, I think salary makes me a little bit lean towards Burrow, but you don't have to have the salary. I think both guys are stackable. And I don't think that this game is going to be really popular from a quarterback stance. If So if you want to stack this game, I don't think Rodgers or Burrow will be particularly popular. Uh, so I think you can go either way, but uh, obviously it's easier to stack Rodgers because it's one guy. As with Burrow, you're going to have to choose. You've got Chase, you've got Higgins, you've got Boyd. Chase has been the big play guy, and he's been a guy that's had you know a high target share in three of the games, and he's been at 95% of team dropbacks. Higgins more of like the the touch, the guy that can save a bad game with a touchdown, but has upside as well. And then Boyd's more of a – he's not super – conducive to the scoring site for FanDuel, uh, but he has been peppered with targets with Higgins out of the game uh, the last two weeks, so it's a little trickier to stack him, but uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do. I have a feeling we're going to do either a Lawrence stack or a Burrow stack when we get there. I like it. Here's the thing, guys. By this point, Reeves has spewed a ton of knowledge. I know I've already got your like on this video, but looking at the back end, I know that only 10% of you guys watching this specific video have already hit that notification bell, so you're not going to get it when this video uh, goes live if you don't do that. So let's correct that. Game number three, the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are seven-point home favorites in this one with a 52-point over-under per FanDuel Sportsbook. Reeves, what are your thoughts on this one? This one will be popular on this slate. We had two games that may be not popular. They may still end up being popular. You know, it's only Thursday, but I think this will be the most popular game. This and the 49ers game, especially if Lance ends up starting. Uh, but, you know, the Cowboys are just out of the gates, just rock. I mean, Kellen Moore is just in his bag right now, uh, doing whatever he needs to do based on whatever opponent he's facing. Facing, He's just had everything dialed up, uh, you know, every week uh, so far the season. Uh, they are starting to you lose Michael Gallup, uh, but they face three teams in a row that really kind of acquiesce to saying like, hey, we'll let you run the football. We're just not going to let you beat us over the top. And we've seen that, you know, Dak's only thrown for 240 yards or fewer in all three games. Uh, but he's lived, he's at the last two games, he has a 15% touchdown rate. Like that's, it's hard to live on 240 yards and a 15% touchdown rate. 
But they are facing a Giants team that's been a little more neutral in terms of approach. Uh, 68% of the yardage allowed by the Giants has been via passing. That's only 16th in the NFL, but the past three teams that the Cowboys faced, even prior to facing the Cowboys, were bottom five in that category. So it does allow probably a little bit of more of a, a neutral approach here where it's just not the, the, the run-heavy, let Dak live off of efficiency type of games. Mm-hmm. Um, although the Giants are kind of a defense, too, that don't really have like a clear strength. Um, they are allowing three and a half more points uh, per game than the opponent's average coming into the game, and they've faced Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Taylor Heineke, and Matt Ryan as part of the sample. I mean, you got a guy like Dak Prescott. This is multiple tiers above everyone that we just named. Uh, so I believe Dak will be pretty popular. I think people will look on the other side, too, as well. The cool thing about this game is you can stack it both ways because you have the running back element. You can do Dak and Dallas pass catchers with Saquon, or you can do Daniel Jones and pass catchers with Ezekiel Elliott. You can kind of go which way you want to match it. Uh, Daniel Jones coming off of the best game of his career, really. 10 uh, 10 flat yards for pass attempt, 402 yards as a career high. Uh, He did run hot. He was 10.3% completion rate over expectation. That was the second highest rate of any quarterbacks last last week. He's also run for 27 or more yards in every game this season. So you're getting that little bit, that little sprinkle of Konami uh, with Daniel Jones. Uh, The Cowboys are still giving up a lot of passing points. I mean, this defense gets a lot of turnovers, but they still give up a lot of yards. They're allowing 18.4 passing points per game. Uh, That's 27th in the NFL. They've allowed QB1 scoring weeks to Brady, Jalen Hurts, and Sam Darnold last week. They've allowed 300 passing yards in all four games. So wow. he, they're still giving up yardage. So I think Daniel Jones will be, you know, probably the most popular like streamer, uh, I, you know, ancillary run back, you know, kind of unique stack to get at this game as well. Uh, it looks like Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton still will be held out another week. So you got Kenny Galladay coming off of his best game of the season. He played a season high 92% of the snaps. Uh, he had 116 yards against a good corner. But see, a lot of people will talk about Trayvon Diggs. He's got the five turnovers. We love the five turnovers, right? He's, he's just absolutely killing it. But he also has still allowed the fifth most yardage in his coverage this season on the year. And he's allowing 18.6 yards per completion uh, on his 14 completions allowed. So there is some volatility with Kenny Galladay, but also splash playability too, even if Trayvon Diggs is going to be on him. We also seen them, you know, actually incorporate Canarius Tony effectively into the game plan. It was something, you know, who knew Jason Garrett was capable of doing, right, to have this unique weapon and uh, use him effectively. And I think the key to that is that they actually just used him as a regular wide receiver, really. You know, instead of the first kind of early in the season that he'd come in for a gadget play or a jet sweep, they just let him play in the slot and got him some touches. Uh, And he was really effective. He had five force missed tackles last week as a wide receiver, uh, by far the most in the NFL. Uh, so, I mean, he looked electric. It, I don't know if he's like super great for this type of scoring, but he's affordable and he's going to be in a game where we may be able to protect Daniel Jones for another 300 yard passing game. And then, you know, Saquon's just been, you know, getting better and healthier every week. Snaps have gone up every week. He's getting targeted in the passing game, which we love. Seven targets uh, two weeks ago, six targets last week. They they split him out wide. He gets a vertical target. Uh, he's His price still hasn't kind of caught up to where I think we'll inevitably get there with Saquon. Uh, and on a slate like this, uh, you could take advantage of it where it's not clear top running back plays. Uh, and uh, on the Dallas side, like I said, I think it'll be more split this week. So the thing is, like Dalton Schultz is going to be really popular because the Giants have allowed a, a, a tight end touchdown in every game this season. But they've only allowed one high-scoring tight end weeks. They're allowing all these ancillary tight ends to score touchdowns. You know, mm-hmm. Albert O scored. Noah Fant scored a touchdown. or Noah Fant didn't score. It was Albert O, actually. But it's all like these backup tight ends that are scoring on them. Uh, Juwan Johnson last week scored on them. But the thing about it is you want to bet on Dalton Schultz is you have to bet on this 
target tree completely be skewed in his direction. He's had 28% and 36% of the team targets the last two games. How sticky do we think that's going to be over the big core season? How often do we think that Amari Cooper is going to have 13 and 16% target shares and CeeDee Lamb's going to have 12 and 22% team target shares and Dalton Schultz is going to get 30% each week? Right. That's a that, the long bet. I'm going to bet on the two players that are objectively better at football kind of coming back and being part of the game plans. CeeDee Lamb is really cheap on FanDuel. Yeah. Uh, and, and Amari's a little banged up too. And you saw him leave the game a little bit with an ankle. Uh, he's been dealing with some things kind of off and on all preseason into the season. Uh, so I do think that Lamb's price, I think he's 6,800. Uh, yeah, I think that that's really good. Uh, you look at the Giants, they've allowed the highest uh, catch rate to opposing wide receivers, 74%. Uh, they're just kind of getting by a lot of touchdowns to, to wide receivers. So we talked about those jabroni tight ends keep getting in the box on them. Uh, but they've allowed 8.0 uh, yards per target to wide receivers too as well. So I do think there is going to be some oscillation where these Cowboys wide receivers start to get actual targets in games. Uh, and it's not going to be the Dalton Schultz show every week. Um, but this game, like I said, will be the most popular, I think, of this main slate. Yeah, I love the CD call. Uh, there's a lot there to unpack, obviously, but I, I think that Dalton Schultz is one that I, I personally feel like it's a little bit of fool's gold. So, like, anytime we get CD Lamb, he's 6,900. I wanted to double check that. He's just way too cheap. I understand that the volume hasn't really been there, but I, I think we need to skew towards the talent for a guy like that for sure. So, I'm with you on that. Um, and I don't really know where the ownership's going to land on Schultz, but you're right. I think this game's going to be popular, so you never know. Um, I, I'm curious your thoughts on Zeke, though, because we've seen his passing game usage kind of just be deferred a little bit to Tony Pollard at times and this is a game that they should control in theory so maybe maybe it is a Zeke game in that regard so I'm, I'm curious uh, your thoughts on his usage it, it does look like I mean he's going to be a staple of this offense of course but my, the I guess the usage in the passing game scaring me a little bit yeah it is so I was really high on you know Zeke to have a bounce back this year because of the touchdowns uh mm -hmm. you know he ran really cold in the touchdown department last year he only scored on five of his 22 touches inside the five yard line uh, and he's already converted three of four to start this year. I thought he had a real good chance to lead all running backs and touchdowns, but I'm very nervous about, like you said, the receiving works, uh, seven touches, seven catches, and he's out of your running routes. Like he's, he's very involved in the passing game from a routes run perspective. He's just not getting targeted. And you worry about that from the stance on a, especially in DFS, because if you run into one of these games where the touchdown variance doesn't swing your way, he doesn't get in the end zone. We're not getting any catches now. And right. there's nothing like it's so then you're getting what, like, you know, uh, 90 to 110 rushing yards with two or three catches. And that's Nick Chubb. Like, that's you know, and, that, <laughs> exactly. and that's and that's and that's kind of a, a bummer here. I think his price has been really good so far to start, at least, though, like he's probably he probably could be a little higher and they haven't really jammed him up. Uh, but if you keep scoring touchdowns, you're going to keep getting over uh, the Pollard stuff like Pollard's not really he's not out out here running around. So he Pollard's run a route on 21% of team dropbacks, which is actually below Trey Sermon and Trey Sermon's oh, wow, okay. only played two games. Yeah. So it's, it's still, they haven't really like Zeke's not losing the passing work to Pollard. It's just, Oh, you're right. I, I was looking at two games before that. He had like three and four targets. But yeah, you're right. He's got one target in the last two weeks. What the hell am I talking about? Good caller. He's good call out on that one. Just say, don't don't listen to my bullshit sometimes. Well, who knows? Maybe they swing back to it and you do. I mean, it's yeah. it's, fan, it's fantasy football, man. You never yeah. know who, what the game plan will call. But the targets have been like kind of just going like Schultz has been sucking all those little, little intermediate targets up. And like I said, they really just haven't been pressed to throw the football because of the game plans of the one, the opponents they faced to the game scripts that, that they've been in. And, you know, like I said, Kellen Moore's just been in his bag. I do think it'll be a little more neutral this week because if it's not like we can't live this way on Dak Prescott, like as great as he's been and he's been phenomenal, you know, pre-snap and post-snap just as good as any 
quarterback, but 15% touchdown rate, ain't nobody doing that over the course of the season. So right. like we need more passing volume uh, for Dak. And I think we'll get it. It's, it's, it's just the way these games have kind of played out and the opponents that they faced. I think it will be a little more neutral. We do need the Giants to punch back. But like I said, this Dallas defense, is still getting by on just, you know, cachet of turnovers. Like, they keep just getting turnovers every week, but they're giving up yards, and, and they're giving up yards regularly. So even if they get some turnovers, uh, I still think we'll see the Giants. And that only helps us, right? Like, if you give – if the Giants have a couple turnovers, it only puts them in more game script to where they're pressed to do what the, the Panthers had to do last week. Yeah, it, it sucks, man, because I, I think my my only team that just had a Tyreek Hill one-off, I had them a home stack that did pretty well in small field, but I had a one-off Tyreek Hill team with a super low-owned Dallas stack, so I was like really pumped, honestly, even before Tyreek started going nuts, and then it just uh, basically fizzled out. Uh, so I, I think I got like dead last in that tournament uh, with my Dak stack. So yeah, I'm with you. Hopefully we get a little bit more passing volume in that spot. Uh, do you like a, a bet in this game, Reeves? Um, let's see, where are we at? I mean, it's got a moderately high total, but I think it could get there. It's 51, right? So, yeah, I mean, I think it could definitely get there. I could definitely see the Giants being live as a dog, but I mean, I went there what route with the Panthers and they boned me the second half last week. Uh, I mean, I think it could definitely get over. I think the Cowboys are going to throw more this week than they have the past two weeks. So we'll go there. I like that. Um, we've got a couple extra minutes here. I know you said there was one other game that you wanted to touch on quickly with Arizona and San Francisco. You're right, though, because this slate, without some of the heavy hitters, it gives us a little bit more time to talk about some teams that we don't necessarily include. So I guess we still have to figure out the quarterback situation in San Francisco and all that. Um, but is this going to be another slate where Arizona goes under own? Because it seems like almost every week no one wants to pay up for Kyler in this offense. So this is one. this one's really interesting. Yeah, very well it could be. I mean, they are definitely the crown jewel of, you know, fantasy football right now because they're the only team that has 400 yards from scrimmage in every game. It's the first time in franchise history they've done that their first four games and the first time since the 2013 Broncos. They're also the only team in the NFL that's hit their implied team total every week of the season so far, which we always like. We always love that. I mean, I think more people are just like they don't know who to pair Kyler with, so they're avoiding him. But like. He's we talked about naked Kyler last week and, you know, Hodge dunked on us, but he, he is kind of getting tougher to stack uh, correctly, uh, especially if they're going to start giving touchdowns to James Conner every week. Right. Uh, we don't want that. But, you know, the 49ers defense under D'Amico Ryans is still operated in the same approach that it did under Robert Slaw, where they're playing a lot of, you know, they don't really blitz and they play a lot of quarters coverage. Uh, and that has been conducive to, you know, running quarterbacks really kind of giving them problems. Uh, we saw Jalen Hurts had 82 rushing yards against them. Uh, uh, Russell Wilson had 26 rushing yards and a touchdown. Russell doesn't really run a lot these days, but it was a nice touchdown run to act on. Uh, and Kyler, every he's played four games against the 49ers, and he's had 34, 67, 91, and 75 rushing yards against them. So you get a little bit of that rushing bonus at Kyler. We said their offense has been on fire. The 49ers secondary is still, you know, not something that is really kind of pushing us off attacking with anybody it just comes down to who you want to run it back with uh the the deandre hopkins stuff is interesting because he is now second in the nfl in terms of routes run per team drop back just behind terry mclaurin in the nfl uh he just has has had more comp- target competition i mean at this point last year he had 45 targets and the next closest guy larry fitzgerald just had 18 now he just he leads the team in targets at just 25 and just but it's just one difference than AJ Green. So it's he's playing a lot. The targets just haven't found him. He has played some some of the games hurt, but also I mean if you look at how DeAndre Hopkins operated last year, he was a guy when you looked at his depth of target and how he produced per reception, he was a guy that you could have earmarked and said, well if the volume does dry up here a little bit, like 
he might be kind of a, a guy that doesn't really give us a lot of full return because he's not getting a high yards per catch and he's getting, he, he doesn't have a high a dot compared to his wide receiver one alpha peers. Uh, and that's, that has also played out. So it's kind of tricky to navigate what to do with DeAndre Hopkins big picture, but he's an elite player, uh, an elite talent though, that we still know is out there on elite passing offense, the full game. And that's not what we have with the other guys, the whack-a-moles. Uh, yeah, AJ Green is next at target route participation at 88%. Then Christian Kirk goes down to 74%. And then Rondell Moore has run just 14 and 15 pass routes the past two weeks when everyone wanted That's to wild. get back. You know, yeah, and it, it's it's definitely an underutilization. And and you know the the Cardinals really haven't been pressed on the scoreboard in any of these games either. I mean, Minnesota gave them a good game uh, in the second half, but they've kind of coasted through here. They even coasted against the Rams last week. Uh, so I mean, we need the 49ers to punch back. And if we have Trey Lance starting instead of Jimmy Garoppolo, there's a wide variance of what's going to happen. Uh, I think Trey Lance will be a semi-popular play. I don't think he'll be, people will be all in like they would have in past because of what happened at Justin Fields a couple weeks ago. Right. Uh, but I do think that Trey Lance is in better hands. Remember Trey Lance, he did not look good in this game. Now, he still had 20 fantasy points. He did not play well in this game. He completed just half of his passes. He was 17% below expected completion rate. Uh, it was the second largest differential among all passers last week. He had a busted uh, play coverage. Uh, but the points still got there. And remember, though, he came in at halftime of a game that they had no plans of playing in. True. And if, if there's a full install for him this week and he's part of the plans, uh, I don't think that we'll see. We'll see more like RPLs. We'll see more QB runs. We'll see him in a better spot. And I think he's in a better coaching staff situation than what we saw with Justin Fields two weeks ago when he faced the Browns in his first start. So, so I would give him a little more faith. Also, he he's one of these guys that is going to run, man. Like It's not going to be a situation where they're going to hide his running if he has to play. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where his projected ownership kind of comes in. He's a guy I would definitely monitor throughout the weekend. I think if he comes light, it makes it real interesting to throw him in, into games. He's so cheap. But like I mentioned, I think Trevor Lawrence is a really good pivot at his price point on FanDuel as well uh, if you want to have the, a little bit to combat that. So uh, the Cardinals have been terrible against the run. So, I mean, it's the one thing the 49ers haven't really been able to do. It's a staple, right? Like we always yep. count on the 49ers to be able to run the football. And this year with the what's going on in their backfield, they really haven't. So maybe Trey Lance... Being able to get under center uh, opens things up. They did run it a little bit effectively in the first half last week against Seattle, uh, but then we're kind of scripted out. You know, I don't, Trey Sermon didn't have a carry in the fourth quarter because of the situation that they were in. Uh, but, I mean, can this team pace the scoreboard with this hot Cardinals team? Uh, remains to be seen. There's uh there's one more guy in this game that I, that I kind of like. Uh, the more I look into it, is Chase Edmonds. Um, so I, I think that like I, I'm guilty of this as well. We talk about these running quarterbacks, and they're like, oh, they don't check the ball down. But you look at Chase Edmonds, five targets, eight targets, five targets. You know what I mean? So he doesn't really have like that elite usage on the game. And obviously, Connor can always come in and steal those touchdowns as we've seen. But I do think he's a little bit underpriced on Fanduel at 6,200. If if this is a, a guy that's going to continue to be that involved in the passing game, I, I do really like Chase Edmonds, uh, maybe just in a bring back if you do want to have, uh, I guess, in this scenario where the game goes crazy and maybe you do get Trey Lance in this one, I kind of like the bring back of Chase Edmonds on the other side versus some of those secondary wide receivers uh, if we're talking stacks. Is there a bet in this game that you like, Reeves, before we move on to the lineup builder? I mean, listen, man, you just keep banging the Cardinals. You just keep banging them. Hear it. I can't be the guy that says that or people are going to call me a homer, so I'm glad that you're here to do it, man. I, I always forget it. you're a Cardinals guy, not a Vikings guy. Yep, not a Vikings guy. That's that's for sure. Uh, all right, so everyone out there, I want you to do one thing. You guys know the drill. Pause this video. Let me know in the comments who your favorite stack is for week five. Reeves, you ready to build a FanDuel lineup? 
Yeah, I mean, listen, this has been a disappointing run. These guys have left the door open for me to run away with this thing, and I have not taken advantage. Uh, they're let, I'm letting them off the hook. That's the way she goes, my man. So everyone knows by this point, this team will be in the Listener League, fanduel.com slash Holka. Make sure you get in there before it fills. $5 rake-free, big prizes, everything that you want in a contest structure. This has got it. Lineups from Reeves, Jake Seeley, TJ Hernandez, the battle of the guests. Like you said, they've left the door open for you, Reeves. So you and TJ are tied at the top currently. Jake's slightly behind. So we're going to keep this thing going. Eventually, I'm going to make a graphic, but I just haven't done it yet. So uh, that's on me. But uh, what, are, what are we doing here? 2,000-person field size. So normally if it was something a little bit smaller that we talk about, we'd be full on slotting or full stacking. This one, we have a little bit more flexibility to get creative, I think. Yeah, I think that so far, the first month, you know, I'm looking at these lineups I've built on this show, and they've been maybe maybe a little too popular. It's uh, tough early in the week, cases. man, because we don't even know a lot of ownership context at this point. Yeah, I feel like I've I've gone to ended up with like more popular stacks and it hasn't helped me out. Uh, so I'm gonna go with. I mean, do we go? I think I want to go Lance or Burrow. I'm just debating with it because I don't think either guy will get there. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you? Th- what is your pulse on? Do you think anyone's gonna really stack Joe Burrow or Tra- Trevor Lawrence? I think. I think Lawrence will be the lowest of those guys because we've seen him not play well at times this year. I think that the weapons are underpriced, so maybe I'm wrong there. Burrow is the one that I think is just going to get ignored because I think that if we get Trey Lance, there's enough people that have been excited about Trey Lance that they're going to ignore basically how poorly he just looked. Like They're going to fall into a lot of the stuff we talked about, right? Like coming in the middle of the game for a guy like that. Completely different game plan for for Jimmy G than for Trey Lance. So I think that he's going to gain a little bit of steam. I think the lowest is either going to be Lawrence or Burrow probably but like you said like that game with Cincinnati might be popular so it is very hard on a Thursday but I would say that Trey Lance probably should stay out of this one just in case he doesn't yeah, play yeah 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 all right well let's put Burrow in um and then we have to pick a receiver on these Bengals receivers I guess we'll go chase just for the uh, the, the 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 upside factor if we end okay. up needing salary we can go down to Higgins okay uh, I like it because Chase is I think is 73 Mm-hmm. So we'll go Burrow, Chase, and the natural run back is we'll go Devontae. Mm-hmm. So like we've it. got our, our, our little run Core back. stack. There. Let me ask you this. Was there a running back that really stood out to you this week as being like severely underpriced? Like we've talked about a decent amount of these guys. If you want to pay up for the big dog, I think that it's still in play. Um, we don't know if McCaffrey's going to be back. But there's, I guess, a couple guys down here. But I think the last couple weeks has actually been a little bit stronger for this mid-range than it is this week. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of great plays in the middle this week. I think a lot of people are going to play Lombardi, Lenny. Uh, Damian Williams is going to be hyper-popular. True. Uh, uh, I don't think really P. Ryan's going to be popular, especially with Bill Callian coming out, especially when you can just play Damian Williams for basically the same price. And maybe it's going to be one of those things where Damian Williams gets so much steam that we should have played P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. I, we'll see. I mean, maybe not, but I, I'm not excited to play P. Ryan at any level. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to go there. But Damian Williams, I think, will be really popular. Uh, I think Lenny's 64. Uh, I think Saquon's price is just, I think Saquon's going to end up on Fandle being a 9K running back for the at yeah. some point this year mm-hmm. so let's put him in let's just do it, it says we'll lie he's 78 let's what do you put think about like a like a saquon cd lamb may stack or something like yeah. that let's i don't know if we'll the, have yeah, salary like for it. that but maybe well, let's just put yeah. it in there for now we're gonna have to get probably really cheap at defense so let's, let's, do, let's do saquon lamb mm-hmm. and then that gives us our three receivers we got lamb chase adams which i feel mm-hmm. good about those guys like good it. about those guys. Like a couple uh, alphas. And, we, and we've got Saquon, so we need what uh, a tight end defense. I know yeah, you always make me. You well, it's me just nice to get a play. You can upgrade your defense whenever you want. It's just nice to get an idea of where we're at. Because <laughs> as of right now, we need some salary saving options for sure. So 
Uh, we have the uh, Giants all the way. We have Detroit at Minnesota. We've got uh, New England at Houston. Oh, man, it, it's really not great. I guess uh, Jacksonville, if you wanted to attack uh, Ryan Tannehill without many weapons, Cincinnati. I, I just, there's not cheapest a lot to home, love down here. Cheapest home favorite is the Chargers? Looks like it. Yeah, they're they're 3,700. That's not a bad, that's not a bad idea. Let's just put them in for cheapest home favorite, and we'll okay. see if we need to go up because you know Baker might get. Listen, if Baker plays like he did last week. That's uh, true. I, if any of you guys played Odell Beckham last week, man, oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, to talk about the points that were left on the field by Baker. Yeah, thankfully, uh, uh, my Baker exposure was also Dalvin Cook in a mini stack, and then I had a oh. Jefferson Chubb team that almost got there. So I got kind of lucky on that game, even though I loved that game. Like I, it was looking great for the first like drive, and then after that, it just completely stalled out. So yeah, the Odell uh, tilt at least was on a really bad Dalvin Cook team, so not a big deal. What is that? What are we working with here? Uh, Sixty three hundred. So that helped a lot, paying down a defense for sure. All right, we'll see if we need it. The thing is, is we're no, we, we've already rolled out the big dog We've way we, the way we've done this. We can't mm-hmm. big dog it. Can't. Uh, what are we doing at RB2? That's the question mark. We could, right? if we wanted to eat the chalk on one of these cheaper guys like Fournette or Harris, we probably could. You know, see, I have, so I've played the, the chalk running back in this tournament, I think all four weeks. I think last week I even played Hubbard. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I I, ha- I haven't gotten there. I want to do, let's do something different. Are, are you with me on the, Ch- the Chase Edmonds stuff? He's 6,200. I don't know if how popular he'll, he'll get. At least it gives you another guy at 4 p.m. that if you really wanted to pivot away. 6,200. Maybe he's not even cheap enough for this build, though. P. Ryan at 56. Like, well, that let's one do this. Let's me. go. Let's do tight end first then to see okay. what we got to do. Uh, let's go with, uh, let's go Mike Gusecki. Nice. Nice. So I mean, this is where it would make sense if you wanted to go Lenny on the other side, probably. We could, yeah. So we have the option then. So we, we'll go Mike Gusecki just because the the passing volume. You know, it's obviously a passing script. It's the Bucks. Yep. Uh, and then Gusecki's been getting these the Jacoby Brissett bump. Uh, and then also the the Bucks also haven't really played uh, good against tight ends at all. I mean, True. tight ends have kind of gotten over on them every week. So he'll maybe we'll get people chasing Schultz and they won't play Gusecki. Uh, although Gusecki, I think might be, he might be the, the chalky tight end. Maybe people go down to Evan Ingram and they keep chasing the Evan Ingram boat. We also have Tanyan, but we already played uh, Adams. True. So we don't need to do that. Uh, Tanya did have a career high seven targets last week, even though nothing happened on him. Just something to earmark. I don't mind um, Gusecki. I don't think pe- people don't click this guy, man. Even last year when he was like more popular at times, like I don't know what it is, but especially and we still see Tampa Bay, like people don't want to attack that defense, like no matter what. So it's uh it's a spot. I think Gusecki could be really low in this. All right, let's let's do Gusecki. Uh, so we got sixty seven hundred. Do we, Lenny, do we not Lenny? Let's just give you the option. If you go Lenny, you should have a decent amount. Uh. Of salary left for your last spot so if we go lenny apparently doesn't pop up there we go <laughs> oh yeah 7100 uh so 7100 that's basically the range of amari cooper kareem hunt deontay johnson mike evans uh and a lot of injured guys <laughs> essentially if you wanted to upgrade your defense you could move down to someone like marvin jones you could move down uh to someone you could, I, I guess, in theory, add Boyd to the stack if you wanted to and then really upgrade your defense, but that's it's kind Higgins. of a weird range. I can also add Higgins yep. if I wanted to double stack and get cute. True. I don't mind uh, the double stack. Just get cute on the Higgins double stack. DeAndre Swift is there too, though. True. That's true. DeAndre you, Swift uh, in a game-chasing environment. If you went Swift, you could get your defense up to anyone between Vikings, Washington football team, Carolina. So it doesn't really do a ton for you unless you wanted to go Carolina against Hurts. Interesting. Um, I want to play a few of these guys, actually. It's tough, I'll tell dude. you, 
I think let's do let's bump let's bump CD to the flex and then okay. we'll put let's put T Higgins in. Let's go crazy. Let's just run the double stack. I like it. I like it. So we got CD in the flex, and then if he ends up being super chalky, I mean, you could end up pivoting off that if you really wanted to. Four hundred left on the table. Um, Actually, so... you know what? Doesn't let's scratch that. Let's right. put let's put Marvin Jones in. Marvin Jones over T. Yeah, let's do Marvin Jones. Let's do it. 6,600. So yeah, we got 500 left if you wanted to upgrade any of these slots, Reeb. So we have, you could get up significantly at defense. You could probably get off of Fournette at this point if you wanted to, or get all the way up to Green Bay, Cleveland, those type of options at defense. So Those aren't great either. Not great. Yeah. I don't mind even just like staying with the Chargers at 3,700, honestly. Yeah. What are we leaving? Five on the table? 500 on the table. Uh, Gives you some flexibility in late swap, though, because then you could move off of CD, and then, in theory, you could play someone like Terry McLaurin. You could play someone uh, like James Robinson. Uh, those are both 1 p.m. games, so I'm completely wrong. You could play Darren Waller if you wanted to double uh, double tight end it, which I don't do very often. Uh, you could get in Keenan Allen if he, end up, he ends up going low. So there's options, at least, if you wanted to move off of CD, and he's chalky if you leave that salary on the table, which I don't hate. Um, yeah, and we could also go up to DeAndre Swift and of Lenny. It's your team, man. What do you want to do? <laughs> yeah, let's so we just can throw move... Swift in. Let's throw Swift in instead of Lenny. So we got CD. I know we had the correlation stack, but uh, it's a Bucks running back. Who knows what the hell happened? All right, we got Swift, and then 60. That was a lot of hem-hawing on that lineup. That one did <laughs> Dude, these are the ones that end up going crazy. There you go. So zero remaining. Uh, so I'm going to get you out of here, Reebs. Uh, make sure everyone follows Rich on Twitter, at Lord Reebs. Check out the worksheet at sharpfootballanalysis.com, as well as the Sharp Angles podcast. Reebs, nice job, man. I'm pulling for you this week. I think you're going to cash it for sure. All right, I listened to it. We need the magic. You're letting right, these guys off the hook. All right, I'll see you later. That's all we have today. Thanks again to the presenting sponsor, FanDuel, and to my guests, Matt Harmon and Rich Rebar. One last reminder to leave a rating review on this podcast truly does make a huge difference, and I'll see you guys in the listener league, fanduel.com slash Holka. Let's have a great week. Woo!